Signs of the Southland, Sunday, March 20th, 2022. Mr. Grant, I hear you had a fun experience going through the Louisville Airport, which for some reason is named SDF. Yeah, there's actually a KLOU uh, elsewhere in the city. So I presume it's a second airport that became more important, but no matter. Um, I uh, I was going through Louisville's airport uh, this week. Uh, at those who tuned in last week can probably remember why. Uh, but if uh, if you don't know, we'll we'll fill you in in just a little bit. But uh, that being said, not gonna lie, pretty pretty solid airport. Um, definitely very easy to get to from the city, and uh, lots of bourbon. Um, not that I'm drinking during Lent, but uh, lots of bourbon nonetheless. And uh, I think. I think my biggest takeaway was that the, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Louisville Slugger, um, Bourbon, and Horses, honestly, you know, based on the ads and the stores I saw, seemed to cover it pretty well. I mean, all of those are intrinsically linked to Louisville. This is true. And, those are uh, major industries in Kentucky. Great. great um like bourbon bar overlooking the ramp from the second floor of like where the two concourses meet. So uh, definitely, definitely good stuff there. Uh, the flight up was a knuckler, white knuckler grabbing the, uh, the handles during that storm. But um, other than that, very, very pleasant trip. We can get into softball though uh, in just a little bit. Indeed. We have a couple of club sports in the queue. Let's start as we always do with club hockey, who has made the national quarterfinals of the Federation Cup. They will play, I think it's Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow after going 3-0 in pool play, uh, assisted by a hat trick uh, by one of their players in the last game versus FAU. I know you have some thoughts. You caught a little bit uh, of this here and there. Yeah, um, Tech uh, dispatch cuts down in uh, Alvernia, real easy, real real easy. Um, so so no big whoops there. Seven uh, zero and ten three margins. The real story though was uh, the last game of pool play that was today, uh, as Georgia Tech, number fourteen in the nation, took on FAU, Florida Atlantic, who was number three. Uh, very good team. Um, we've. Uh, you know, uh, had a, a pretty solid season uh, out of the out of the Jackets this year. Uh, they are, I mean, uh, we're kind of burying the lead here. Obviously, they they did win uh, four to two, um, but um, but uh, you know, pretty pretty solid year. But but FAU's been you know just otherworldly all season. Uh, Tech did pull out the four two win, um, and uh, I I do want to say the specific player's name who did get the hat trick. Uh, that be Matthew Connolly. Uh, their captain and a mechanical engineer. Uh, so uh, yeah, go go Emmys. Love y'all. Um, that's uh, would you say he? Uh, would you say he engineered this victory? Ugh. Do 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 people in the uh, CS department say they like scienced a victory? No. Uh, I mean, potentially. I don't know. I didn't spend a lot of time there. I don't know. Um, but uh, either way, it's great. And they'll play on till tomorrow. Um, and uh, and yeah, you know, everything, everything's gravy. You want to see them come back with the cup. I think that would be, um, what would that be? Tech's first 
natty in something other than club swimming since women's tennis or did climbing win? I can't remember. I'm looking for the, we should have had this bracket out. Women's club basketball. They won it a couple of years too, right? That is, that is true. I do remember that. I'm looking for the bracket and I can only find the 2020 bracket. So this is, uh, this is a whole thing, huh? Lacrosse has a couple SELC titles in there, but I don't think they ever won the big one. They kept getting uh, Atlanta sports in the final. Yeah, that that'll that'll, that'll do, do it. it. That Sounds will like that'll definitely do it. So maybe maybe this year is their year. Okay, so the only stuff that's available online for the Fed Cup, uh, as far as I can see directly from the uh, from the College Hockey Federation, is. Um, is all from 2020 and their Twitter account no longer exists. So all interesting things. Let's see if we can find GT hockey. That is not GT hockey. If the last thing they've won is the Feder, uh, is the Thrasher cup. I believe that was two years ago. True. True. I just want to, un- all I know is that they're into the quarters. Uh, that's all I can find. They're into the Elite Eight. Uh, well, I, I think someone said they were against Alabama, but I am unable to double check that. Um, I don't know. Uh, hard to get information sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that is that is definitely true. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, we'll 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 see who they play. Um, they're uh, they're pretty they're pretty darn good, and they've been a lot of fun. So hopefully, they keep playing on. Uh, notably, that Alabama club hockey team uh, placed first in its uh, pool ahead of guess who? I don't know. Tell me. The university, nay, the community college up in Athens, Georgia. Moving right along to men's lacrosse. They had a great weekend. They dispatched number 10 South Carolina by four goals. Anything to add there? I know we got a tweet uh, from the head coach out there. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to wrap up just to give a little bit of game flow because I did go and, and, and check on that. Uh, Tuck lacrosse. They only had one game on the weekend. They definitely made the most of it. Uh, they went on the road to face uh, one of the SELC's traditional powers that really tech's been grappling with for a long time, uh, South Carolina. Um, not to uh, upstage the boys in Athens, Clemson, or Auburn, uh, or or Gainesville, or Tallahassee, but I don't. No, think upstage it, them all. It's fine. I was going to say I I I don't think it would be too out of the picture to say that uh, the Gamecocks have have really been Tech's foil, uh, especially the last couple of years. Uh, South Carolina did win, uh, did win it all in 2019, um, but uh, Tech did walk out with a, a four goal win uh, in South Carolina's own said in their own building in yellow jacket roundup but it's not really a building it's a field yeah you know what i mean they were they were playing Um, at a high school it's it's their i I don't know their building for that day uh yeah well anyways um carolina got off to a two-goal lead tech came right back with an answer and an equalizer and it was really back and forth until they were knotted at eight um Tech did uh, put two up uh, pretty quick after that before an insurance goal and an open netter uh, did ice the game at 12 to eight. Uh, ice you know, for lacrosse on grass. Yeah. Well, 
it, it's metaphors. You got to mix metaphors. Otherwise it's not a good podcast. Um, yes. Uh, lacrosse does, uh, get their top 10 win and, uh, you know, look, they look good doing it. So definitely good to see. Good stuff. And I think, you know, they're starting to round into form, right? Th- this is a really good win over a really good side. Uh, we'll, we'll see where that momentum takes them. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree. Uh, moving on to Club Swim, they're on training trip, their annual training trip. Do you have anything to add about what's next for them as they come out of that trip? Did we talk about, I, I think we mentioned that they won their Clemson meet, I, or maybe we said we didn't have any. We may results. have said it on Twitter because we couldn't find the results from last week. Yeah, that would that would be that. Um, their next meet will be Nationals. They're hosting that in April. So, you know, Macaulay gets no breaks ever, um, and it's very well used, but we'll, we'll talk more it's about that. It's a pool. It, it's a, it doesn't need maintenance. It's a pool. Oh, I mean – Pools need maintenance. They did just shut down the one in my high school forever and ever because it had been so poorly maintained, but it's also uh, just had its 99th birthday, but that's a problem for a different podcast. We could, we could talk about that one until the sun comes back up, sir. Fair enough. Another club, well, technically a program that is on a training trip themselves. Georgia Tech Volleyball has a spring preseason tour. That just kicked off. They were at, I think they were in Gainesville this weekend, uh, judging from Instagram. I think they lost their one scrimmage versus Florida, three sets to two, but also it's preseason. It's in the spring. Nothing actually matters. It's during spring break. They got some time on the beach. That's all I got. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I d- no. Don't don't call them club. This is our varsity team, sir. I said program. I said program. I needed a segue. Mm. Mm. No, put some respect on the ladies. Um, no, uh, they, uh, it's not meant. Uh, it, it looks like they may have been staying in Orlando too, because uh, that was definitely like Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach in the background. <laughs> they may have just driven down. Uh, I've been told that Gainesville is just turning into a suburb of Orlando these days. So it's possible that they just drove over. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, a split zone duo take. But uh, the last time I went to Gainesville, I was a little bit preoccupied with swimming. So I couldn't, I couldn't tell you much about it. Fair enough. But this weekend, you were preoccupied with a different sport, weren't you? Yes, I was. As as if the lead uh, to this to this fine episode did not uh, convey it, I was up in Louisville uh, for the. Excuse me, that's Louisville. Louisville, you got to really still, swallow the swallow the O and the U. I, I'm still learning how to be a Louisville softball fan. It's it's really really a learned uh, learning learning in progress thing. Um, but uh, Georgia Tech was up there. That seemed like a great opportunity to go watch. Uh, tech to go watch Louisville. Uh, that is, as we must disclaimer, uh, my sister's school. Um, she is up there and she is their first baseman. So definitely want to make any biases known there. Um, yeah. If you're a softball parent listening to this, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I know I'm a traitor. Um, it hurt in your defense, in your defense, you were wearing both schools gear while there. I saw you on the broadcast. I can independently confirm that he was, he was wearing both schools gear. I will give him a half of a pass. It was a, it was a red shirt. And then I bought two hats the next day. So, uh, 
you know. Pass has been removed. I, I, I had to go all in, but Louisville did lose both games after I bought the hats. So, you know. Maybe. So in, in reality, you did you did us a favor is what you're saying. Who knows? Who knows? Um, no, Louisville, um, I, I think, is a great foil to our program. Uh, and, and that's not just me being super familiar with both. I think they're both kind of in that same spot, really um, trying to kick their way to the top of the middle of the ACC. Uh, we've seen Virginia Tech do that successfully despite the Brinks trunk of money uh, being dumped into creating a Clemson softball program out of nowhere. Um, the existing juggernaut that was already Florida State and Duke kind of doing a similar thing as, as Clemson really starting up with, with a bang. Uh, but what that means for the ACC in particular is that we have had, I got to say, a heck of a year. Maybe, maybe not to the level of like volleyball no, notoriety for, you know, a bunch of top five teams, but right now in the most recent RPI update, Virginia Tech, Florida State, and Duke are all top five teams with Virginia Tech being at number one and then chasing up uh, right, right after them. Uh, if you'll, if you'll allow me to, to wax poetic a little bit here, you've got not just Tech, uh, Virginia Tech, uh, Florida State, Duke, Clemson, and Notre Dame in the top 35. You have Pittsburgh and Louisville banging on the door in the top 50 and North Carolina not far behind them. I think that this is, is, is really shaping up to be a tremendous year. And between the amount of softball you and I have seen on the flats with, with you having been at Duke and I, did you go to Florida State too in person or no? Uh, I watched that one on TV, but I, I mean, I've, I've watched enough softball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like but bona fides between, are, are clear. <laughs> between those two and then, and then getting up to see uh, Louisville in person, you know, it's, these teams look good, man. It, it, they, you can have a pitching duel on one day or an offensive slugfest on another. None of the teams are ever really out of it. I think, I think we're in for, for a heck of a ride the rest of the way with, and, and like I said, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of the ACC's what 13 teams all in the mix uh, for, you know, postseason bids. Like that's, that's not a bad place to be at all. Yeah, and especially when you consider Tech has played probably the two two of the three hardest ACC opponents on its schedule already, right? They don't get Clemson until the end of the year. They already, you know, took on – they already sort of hedged against Florida State and Duke. Um, and a lot of the rest of the slate coming up here, I mean – And then conveniently duck Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was going to mention that, too. Virginia, <laughs> RPI number one, the national number one, I think, D1 softball, Virginia Tech, <laughs> who has not lost a game in conferences and is on a 10-game win streak. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tech gets the duck then, too. So I they have some, some daylight here. Uh, I think RPI, if I remember correctly, reflected on them pretty well. I think they were, they were in the tournament hunt uh, in terms of RPI. Um, I think when we were looking at this earlier this week, you said they were pretty firmly in the field. So um, it it might, some might say it's a little too early to look at that, but also we're in the middle of March. We're just about halfway through the season. So um, anytime like the present to look at it really. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's worth stating um, looking, looking at the numbers. It's, it's still really early. And and these are before uh, this past weekend, but uh, in terms of, of Tech, uh, they they did notch two out of three against a top 50 team. Uh, Tech was sitting at 34 on Thursday, with Louisville uh, sitting 
uh, right in there, right in there at 47. Obviously, there's a lot of other results that come into that other than, you know, just the uh, the head to heads, because, you know, it's it's about your your opponent's records and your opponent's opponent's records. And that is super out of your control. Um, and, and, you know, we, we can't really live run the math on that. You and me, at least, uh, at least not now. Um, but, um, but, but it, like I said, uh, in terms of the foil, I think I want to circle back on that first and foremost, uh, the Louisville Cardinals are as constructed are remarkably similar to Georgia tech. Um, uh, in terms of what you see on the mound, you have a bona fide ace uh, in the form of Taylor Roby, uh, the foil to Blake Nelliman, uh, both of whom I believe pitched in all three games this weekend uh, off the top of my head uh, and, and look good doing it. Uh, Nelliman got roughed up a little bit on Friday, uh, but came back from taking a sharp shot off the foot um, on Saturday to, uh, to, to throw two scoreless innings um, today. Uh, so you have your, your Roby, you have Chardonnay Harris, a, a great, uh, again, foil to, to Ms. Dennis, uh, our number two pitcher, um, and, you know, a transfer been around, um, not, not so much taking a gamble. She was a two-time state champion in Illinois and my bias. Yes, she did lead, uh, my alma mater, uh, to two Illinois state championships. I see you rolling your eyes. Um, but, uh, another, another great parallel there, a, a solid number two pitcher. And then after that, some, some younger still yet to be proven, Pitching below that, um, really young, really young infields uh, on both sides, and, and some young position players. And, and like we said, this is Louisville's a little, uh, actually, a, a lot closer to their, um, I guess, annual NCAA tournament status. But you know, that's coming out of the Big East, and then that year in the American, where you know they really, really ruled that conference. Um, but uh, but I don't know. I feel like this is turning into Jake talk talks great about Louisville. But um, you know what? That's that's what that's what y'all signed up for this week. Sorry. Um, but, well, uh, no, no, no. I think it's good when you when you talk about how this series was series was sort of structured, right? Um, and, and we'll get to the midweek, which we should definitely touch on uh, in, in a moment after we. We need to just cackle for five minutes straight about that. Oh, one. that's what I have in the that's what I have in the show doc. But I want to finish up the discussion on on this on the weekend series. Your comments about Louisville make a lot of sense, especially when you considered how this series was conducted, right? You saw Tech jump out to that six-zip lead in that first game on, on, on Friday and with really excellent pitching, but it's it's something that we came back to uh, last week when you Tech is forced to ride Nelliman and Dennis in alternation, uh, and then when one of them gets a little off-kilter, you know, everything starts to starts to crumble. And that's sort of what happened in, in that first game. Tech had a 6-0 lead. It got cut down to 6-5 extremely late. I think that was in the bottom of the fifth inning. And then it then bottom of the sixth, it's, I think, 7-6 Louisville after a couple more runs are put on. Um, and then at the end of the game, it's it's 11-8 Louisville uh, just because, you know, I'll, uh, because of a lot of the trouble on the mound. And then the same thing happens to Louisville in the other two games, right? They're not able to ride their starter as long. They give up a bunch of runs. They have to burn through pitchers. Um, And so that's what I'm saying. That conversation, that point about Tech and Louisville being equals to each other, even being mirror images of each other is especially pertinent when you see how the series was, how the series played out. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's also worth noting, like, like one, all three of these games went scoreless into the fourth. Like these were pitching duels until they weren't. And I guess it really was all the way through uh, today uh, on Sunday. But, uh, you know, these are these are teams that uh, I don't know, man, like it was it was a lot um, in, in terms of in terms of the neck breaking change uh, or contrast between between what we saw um how do you say between what we saw in the first four innings versus what we saw in the next three and and the fact that tech one gave up a 6-0 lead and then two still managed to have the winning run at the plate in the top of the seventh uh, on friday speaks to and i think really how far both of these teams have come and matured and, and improved through through their recruiting in that, you know, a lot of teams in, in softball going down six Oh, you're going to like roll over and, and like, all right, let's play for tomorrow. Um, you know, Holly from Louisville puts in Taylor Roby and goes clean up the mess. Louisville scores uh, 11 unanswered runs. And, you know, then, then that puts tech in the position to be like, all right, like wipe it, come back tomorrow. Um, and, 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 and great. They didn't. Well, yeah, and, and and granted, in that first game, um, in that first game, that's that's really tough too because there was a, a a couple of errors and a couple of bang bang plays that you know really not that they could have gone the other way, but uh, you know, and well, frankly, Tech did benefit from what should have been an out at the plate, but I'm getting beyond myself. You're you're giving them not extra outs, but extra hacks in, in times when when you don't really. You can't really afford that, right? And and it's it's tough because you want to see um, you want to see your your uh, your pitcher is bailed out and not have to work that hard or or as hard. But the, the times you're putting up six and five spots or giving up six and five spots, a lot of times tie into hey man, that's a play that almost got made or an error that just got through or or whatever that is. And and I think we saw a lot of that. Um, a lot of that on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Uh, especially in that Friday game, some of those runs came because tech had spaced out their infield in such a way that there was just this massive hole right between second base and shortstop that Louisville got really good at just sort of dinking and dunking into uh, and I, I think they may have adjusted later on, or maybe Louisville just couldn't get it in the same spot. But you saw a bunch of those first five runs come that way. Um, and obviously, you know, as Louisville scores fewer runs, adjustments are made, et cetera, et cetera. But um, definitely Tech Tech put together better performances in the, lat- in the other two games and came away with a series victory. So uh, at the end of the day, two out of three, not bad. Gets you going, gets you moving. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a great way to put it. And uh, if we're if we're talking like look ahead from this in the conference picture, Tech, you know, we can say has the worst uh, out of its way. But you always want to be playing in that postseason tournament. And, and two and seven means that Tech's got their work cut out for them. Um, in terms of some historical context, before we wrap up, uh, Georgia Tech previously was three and eleven against Louisville. Uh, they split the series last year. It was a four game set in Atlanta. Um, it was a honestly kind of, kind of similar. You had a, a pitching duel game, a, uh, 
uh, a, a run rule towards Louisville and a run rule towards Tech. So uh, a lot of back and forth there. Um, but uh, other than those two wins, they'd only won once uh, against Louisville, and that was in Kentucky in 2016. So um, I, I think pretty, pretty great to see first series win there for Tech and really, really competitive both ways, I think. And, you know, if the 17-5 win may not seem super competitive, but, you know, I, I think I think that's a pretty, pretty, you know, fair place to be, uh, especially bouncing back with with a 2-1 pitcher's duel today. It's, and enough to get to the airport on time, so. Okay. Uh, it, it, yeah, these games were sort of competitive, very competitive until they just got blown open in, in each case. So, um, and they were competitive for a long time. We started this conversation off with saying the first four innings of each game were much different from the other three and each of them. So I think, I think that uh, rings true. However, let's talk about a first three inning stand that was much different from the rest uh, from the other four that happened on what Tuesday, Tuesday of last week, Mr. Grant time ago, sir. It oh does feel like a lifetime ago, considering all that we've done this week. We'll get to that. Tell me what happened on Tuesday, shall we? For the first time since 2007 uh, on the road and 2012 at home, Georgia Tech softball, uh, who has just been beguiled at every turn. Dumbfounded, uh, bewildered. Athens. Just it, not that it hasn't been competitive, but quite frankly, it hasn't been competitive. It's been bad um football levels of bad um in that rivalry and uh comes away with not just a win in athens but but a statement win no less georgia tech um blew the doors off of their hosts it was 12 to 3 uh, a win uh, the first run rule win for tech in the series uh, a series that tech had only won 10 games in the previous well i guess the entire history Ever. of it uh, <laughs> of the 43 game series um georgia tech uh like we said uh had not seen a ton of historical success there to the point where they had only won those 10 games by a combined 13 runs and they won on tuesday by nine so there's that piece and then i I, another fact that you brought up when this game went final is that tech in the last in the last what six seasons and i don't remember if they had played in 20 before the season was paused but the last six seasons had scored a grand total of six runs in these games. They hadn't scored against UGA since like 2018. Yeah. A, a run, any runs. Yeah. And we were at, well, I think it was at the 2019 game where it just went south immediately after first pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, it that was, was not fun. It was not fun. <laughs> it was not fun. Um, so to see this win and, also, to just like I think I was doing stuff on Tuesday, and I, I got back, uh, or, or I got back to the apartment and pulled up pulled up the score, and I was like, "They're winning by 12? They're they they were like up by nine, so I had to pull up the feed and watch the rest of the way because they had just turned um, Turner, what was it Turner Field, bootleg Turner Field in in Athens into a launching pad. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty awesome. That's uh, that's no lie, sir. That is no lie. Um, uh, it d- it did get a little interesting. I will say it did get a little well unsettling when uh, the, the bad the bad gals here put up three runs off of homers 
Uh, and he started to get the vapors a little bit, but you know, um, pitch, pitching was able to finish the, finish the deal and they walked away with a run rule victory. So, uh, all's well that ends well. Huh? I, uh, uh, I, <laughs> so the six O lead in Louisville, I was like, the, 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 there was, I can just be honest. My parents, they're like, oh, da, 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 da. it's on tomorrow. I'm like, no, 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 no. George Tech fan far too long. Far, far, far too long. Congrats. You've learned about the last Any number papers. of points or runs lead. You know, it could be volleyball up two, two sets to nothing. Watch hey, that one happen. Terror, terror and pain and, and not funness. and or, pain, or suffering, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It can be baseball up by however many. I don't care. Uh, it, you know, we're we're gonna have to walk them off in the ninth. Let's go. Um, but uh, watch that happen this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not to not to be too much of a downer there, but whew, no. It, this is Georgia Tech. We live on the wild side. Every single game is some sort of chaotic in some fashion. Yeah. Um, this was just this just happened to be the very very good version of chaotic, and then uh, we'll talk about the other. It's, it's the state one of the Morales era. Like I'm I'm I am completely comfortable with saying that. And no, I, I agree with you. It's it's I've made this point in the Slack too, and so not to toot my own here, horn here, but it it's somewhat remarkable, I believe, that we have seen not one, not two, not three, but four coaches' statement wins in this sports year so far. And I I think we can say Morales winning in UGA on the road by run rule in the most dominating game of that series. When we, you know, we've been, we've been opining on this very here podcast of gosh, I wish they weren't canceling these games. Like we need to rack up these wins. This is a quality win. This is a very, very high quality win. I mean, it Um, replaces like if you're looking at this from like a RPI math, tourney, like tourney math perspective this probably one win replaces a bunch of those like yes you know like jack or jacksonville state in middle tennessee kind of wins on the schedule right yep and it's uh and it's 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 no mistake right you're not weighing down for lack of a better term uh your rpi with some of those you know i guess dead weights but at the same time um where was I going with that RPI statement win? Oh yeah. Volleyball. Um, I, I think that pit road win um, statement win of Collier's era. This is the, honestly, probably the best volleyball team of all time. Recency bias admitted there. Um, and then you have Nell beating uh, UConn at home. And I'm going to be honest and give credit where credit's due. The best win of the Jeff Collins era was UNC at Mercedes Benz, knocking off a ranked UNC team. So, you know, if if we're going to be tying back this whole, uh, I guess, quality win, defining era, whatever nonsense, um, you gotta you gotta start with start with that one. Absolutely, and, and I mean that that sort of hyped us up for the week, right? And and what the series in Louisville could look like, and I mean they they capped it off pretty well, despite uh, you know shenanigans on Friday. Yeah. Um, Worth shouting out uh, Friday or AWOL, two home runs on the weekend. Um, Caroline Davis went yard back to back and almost did again today. Um, and then she also had that grand slam in Athens. 
Uh, Emma Kauf with the three-run shot to dead center in Athens. That was a great piece of hitting as well. Um, one last interesting takeaway that I couldn't really fit into any other thing was uh, Louisville's ace, Taylor Roby, is also their three-hole hitter and plays as the DP even on days that she pitches. Oh, uh, yes, the Shohei Otani role. Which means, which means, get this, when they're pitching Harris – they can literally just trade the two of them out as need be. How interesting is that? You know, lineup rotation, uh, lineup flexibility, it's all the rage these days. L- literally, just like, all right, like Harris, you're in the circle. Oh, no, bring back Roby. Like that is that is the ultimate inflexibility. Very, very intriguing to, to think about some of the some of the juice there. Um, but in terms of Wrapping things up neatly, we already talked about, I guess, postseason type implement implications. Implications. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Do you want me to talk about the stadium, the vibe? I want. I want want you to touch on really quick. I want you to wrap up with talking about the ballpark really quick because we've talked about sort of the intimate nature of uh, Newborn Field and how it's just kind of tucked into a corner on campus and it's only got like a thousand something seats, but it's just a really nice place to catch a game. I want to hear about Louisville's ballpark and how the two compare. Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, Louisville's seated capacity is probably pretty similar, but rather than having grassy knolls to the side of, uh, to the side of the stands, you know, down the first and third base lines, um, theirs is just a, a gorgeous grass berm out in, in the outfield. Of course, that also means you're right uh, bordering on the I-65 on-ramp and I-65 itself. But I saw the- that. That's just bizarre to me. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we we aren't too far from an, uh, from an interstate highway ourselves, so I don't think we can be too... Uh, There's a massive building in between. Let's let's give us a, give ourselves a little grace. Yeah, I, I, I'm more talking about O'Keefe sitting in the gym there and, and hearing the car tires just echoing in my brain. But uh, usually it's loud enough that you can't really tell. Anyways, um, it's really tucked in in a way that like Newport kind of backs into a lot of stuff, you know, the trees and the, and the, you know, O'Keefe building and stuff like that, but it's a little bit more spacious behind, but with Ulmer stadium um, immediately to the right and left are the bullpens, the batting cages and a building, which is like the, I guess, visiting uh, some facilities, things like that. Their locker rooms are across um, their little entrance plaza a ways outside. But I think the most interesting part was the restrooms and concession stands are shared with the track facility uh, immediately behind the first baseline. Um, so one, don't have to pay to come and go um, for Louisville softball. And two, a um, lot, of, lot of smart usage, uh, shared space there. But at the same time, get this, their field hockey, lacrosse, and soccer teams all play in different stadiums. I like that kind of. And track, um, and track has its own stadium too. I like all those things personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, from a soccer perspective and sort of transplanting that onto other sports, like having your own dedicated space is really good. I am interested in how Louisville is building all those facilities in their footprint in, in the city of Louisville. Um, that's a conversation. That's sort of our bread and butter is figuring out some of these facilities issues uh, they, and they figuring out how we of, can solve those here. But they have a lot of like formerly industrial land. It would be like if 
tech grew really aggressively towards the train tracks to the southwest of campus and kind of like filled out space like that. The campus is also bisected by a rail line. Um, and rather than crossing over the highway for more of their facilities, the highway is a much more clean, like dividing line. There's a couple of student apartments across the way, but like, you know, in, in the form, it's like, basically it looked like the local on 14th, but in Louisville. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, it, it, it was interesting because it was neatly hemmed in by the highway. Uh, but Louisville has really, uh, I mean, obviously it's split down the middle by, by railroad tracks, um, but uh, has really jumped it on the far side uh, to be building out uh, over by the engineering school and their relatively new football stadium. That's a, uh, that's a pretty new thing. A lot of, a lot of pretty nice athletic facilities over there um, ducked into the pool uh, as well. But, um, but yeah, no, they're, uh, they're, everything's pretty compact. Everything's I'm really rambling now. Um but I would never get any work done there if I went to school there because with, between the trains and being right under the, uh, the flight path, that's, uh, that's, you know, I, I'd be looking left. Noisy. No, I mean, Noise. I meant more of like, uh, Oh, that's a seven thirty seven kind of thing. But uh, oh, I think that's why I wound up at Georgia tech more the engineered kind of thing, but. Nerd. Anyway, continuing on, uh, Georgia tech will Georgia tech softball will face the journalism nerds of Syracuse on this weekend uh that series will be at home uh the weather this weekend i thought looked pretty nice so i don't think we'll get any cancellations um and and it'll be a nice nice little weekend for softball i mentioned chaotic results on in stickball sports earlier baseball this week was no different they went two and two on the week they're now 15 and five on the season if i have my math right uh, they played one game versus JSU. The second game of that series, uh, which was going to be on Wednesday, was canceled due to inclement weather. Um, they obviously torched Jackson State. There's not really much to talk about there. And then you talk about the one and two weekend series versus Wake Forest. Yeah. Do you have I any opening thoughts? I don't get how we run rule Jackson State at 16 to 6 but Wake Forest did not run rule us at 27 to seven. Uh, I don't think there was a run rule. That's what I, I thought. And they may have just ended it early due to weather. Cause I mean, games are official after five innings, so you can do whatever you want at that point, but they may have just ended it due to weather. Cause it was nasty earlier in the week with wake. Yeah. Saturday was an unmitigated trash fire. Would you say? You say, yeah. would you agree? And, and I feel like I feel like that also makes Sunday a very hollow victory, even though it was like yes, they did. They so here's the structure of the series. Friday, uh, Wake jumped out to a 3-0 lead early. Uh, Tech, I think, went back ahead, but then lost it in the dying embers of the game. Um, Saturday was a complete unmitigated disaster. We're not even going to touch that one. We're just going to talk about it at a high level. That's a seven to twenty-seven loss. Uh, that's a football score. Uh, and then Sunday was a tech victory. Um, I think tech put up 15 is what I saw. Uh, it was like 15 to, to, to eight or 15 to seven or something, something like that, where it was a pretty, pretty sizable victory. Um, yeah. I don't think you can talk about this series without talking about getting, allowing 12 runs in an inning um, to, to Wake Forest. I think you knew that Wake Forest had a battery of hitters that were hitting that were hitting really well coming into the game. And then a couple, a couple pitchers that 
you were interested in seeing what they could do versus this lineup. Um, and everything kind of coalesced at the same time on Saturday to just be a massive, massive meltdown that I think I have never seen before across any baseball season ever, even in the pros. Yeah, I uh, I would like to not talk much more about this because I can't really find a ton of nice things to say other than uh, Carwile, his arm is going to be getting ridden until it falls off. So um, that's uh, that's scary. We we need to find some bullpen options. I think he may be in the mix for starting, which does take him out of the bullpen, which I don't love, and I feel like we had a lot of uh, questions unanswered with, with how, how Saturday went. But then again, if you're going to have an unmitigated disaster of a game, you might as well get all the bleeding out all at once. They're still 15 and five. Wake Forest is still a good team that can, their, their jerseys literally said rake. Like. That's good. That's good branding. I'm into that. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's let's flush this one and move on. Let's talk about what they have coming up. Uh, they have a home-and-home midweek versus Kennesaw to start off the week. I think that's a Tuesday-Thursday situation with Tuesday being away at Kennesaw State and then uh, Wednesday. I think I said Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, and then Wednesday being at home versus Kennesaw State. And then they will travel to Raleigh to play NC State this weekend. Uh, all I'm asking for is two out of three boys and girls that's it mm-hmm. and and nc state has remembered how to baseball so you know fun they forgot for a couple weeks but hey it happens to every team it happens to every team oh no anyway let's move on to an event that we personally were at covering uh despite our lack of coverage in it Ironically, uh, the NCAA Women's Swim and Dive Championships were hosted by Macaulay Aquatic Center this past Wednesday through Saturday. Prelims started at 10 a.m., uh, I believe, and then uh, finals started at 6 p.m. every day. We were there for the first couple of days, checking out the scenery, checking out the atmosphere. Um, or it was it was really cool. Uh, it was a really cool experience covering it covering it as media. It was like a really full supporter atmosphere um by a bunch of the schools that were there i think everyone bought a brought a crew of fans and a crew of parents so um really really fun atmosphere and experience in my yeah. opinion yeah i agree um i think the accs may have been a little bit more like raucous if that makes sense because the teams that they brought were bigger and so you had more teams having more swimmers and more events you know it's only a you know 12 or 11 team affair um but all in all, it was loud. It was fun. Um, the swimming was great. Uh, Kate Douglas uh, set three American records, which, uh, you know, that's uh, that'll that went a long way to putting Virginia uh, over the top for the second year in a row. Uh, and they just had just whew, uh, between them uh, and, and the rest of the ACC. It's it shows why it's so hard to, to compete and build programs in, in this league between uh, you know, we we saw some great swims out of Duke, Louisville, uh, Virginia. Those just come to mind right off the top of the head. Um, NC State. How can I forget NC State? But um, 
there's some Carolina swims too. Uh, in terms of Tex athletes, um, Mackenzie Campbell uh, swam the 4IM, 2IM, and 200 fly. Uh, she uh, is superlative in all those events. Uh, did not make finals, um, which means um, combined with Hidalgo missing finals in the one, three meters and, and the platform, uh, along with Brad Askew, uh missing finals in the platform. Tech came away with no points, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's a lot. I mean, you got to remember in the past, it was diving that, that delivered all those points too um, last year and there, and there were very, very good 28th place finish. You know, it, it's, a, it's a lot to put all that on, on the shoulders of one or, well, I'd say three, but really last year was like one or two, um, one or two divers. And then, you know, they swam, they got to be there. They got to compete in the highest level in their home pool. That's I'll take it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think even beyond, I think what you started off talking about the just the quality of the ACC here is super important, right? Because those are the schools that are, they're sort of keeping tech swimmers and divers out of those top top final spots. If you looked at how many people that UVA had brought to this meet and how many first and second and third place podium finishes that they have had. It was ridiculous the depth that this conference has, not only on its, not only across the board in terms of how many good teams there are, but how many good swimmers each of those good teams has. Um, and, and all of that was on display uh, this week. Uh, it's unfortunate, obviously, that Tech didn't place, but they, I mean, in, in the diving, they were only a couple places off the consolation final. Uh, I think Brad Askew was 18th and, and Hidalgo was 21st. So, um, they're they're at the precipice. Um, it's it, again, it's unfortunate, but you know, I think it was a, still a good week of sporting to be to be, to be had. Yeah, um, and honestly, my expectations—I think this is fair to say—are higher for next week with having four uh, four relays and then a bunch of individual events in the mix. I think it'll be. I, I think that's when, when the pressure goes on because that's that's the team that's been building in a way. Mm-hmm. Not that the women haven't, but, I mean, the expectations are just higher for a team that's consistently ranked in the top 25 and and has, like, you know, two two star fifth years back um, using their COVID year of eligibility in com- combination uh, with a couple of really superlative freshmen uh, and, and sophomore type swimmers. So, yeah, absolutely. We'll be there again. Uh, we'll depending on how finals work out for the men we'll have some content out but it it definitely does depend on how many make finals and and, and what the structure looks like um let's talk about them real quick and, and talk about what events they have on the docket i think we talked about it a little last week and a little before but let's really lay down uh the dining table for the men's swim and dive championships here Yep. Uh, in terms of the men, uh, there are eight athletes going across 15 entries. Uh, there are four uh, athletes swimming individual entries. Uh, so Pumputis, Kilavus, uh, Saka, and Ferrara. That is Kayo Pumputis, uh, Mert, Kilavus, uh, Berke, Saka, and Christian Ferrara. Uh, Pumputis and Ferrara are fifth years. Uh, Kilavus and Saka, Young Turks. Um, Pumputis will be swimming the 200 IM, 100 breasts, and 200 breasts. Uh, well, Ferraro gets the 50 free, 100 fly, and 200 fly. The 50 free is interesting. He's a butterflyer by trade. Um, while Saka will be in the 200 IM, uh, Tech's second entry there, as well as both the 100 and 200 back. 
while Kilovus gets the 500 free and 1650 free. Uh, Tech will bring along four more athletes uh, to round out the relays, and they'll be in the 200 and 400 medley along with the 200 free and 800 free, which means if you are bored on Wednesday night, uh, both events in the finals uh, are guaranteed to have Tech athletes as uh, the 200 and 800 free, I believe are your Wednesday events and tech will have uh, uh, entries in both. So definitely ones to circle there and, and relays are where, where big points are made and gained. So wanting to see big stuff there uh, from the jackets. Yeah. It, it's going to be a very fun week, I, I think. And, and like you said, the pressure is on here for a program that has built up to this moment. Yep. Uh, this and, and this we'll, is the get old, stay old right here. Yeah. The, this is the year to gas it and really show what the potential of this program is moving forward uh, and, and use it to recruit into the future. Right. Yep. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see what type of result they can put together uh, at, at home here. Yeah. And, and it's also telling uh, tech. Uh, I think this is the most rounded out slate of individuals we've seen in a long time. They have entries in every event uh, except the 100 and 200 free. Um, honestly, Batura Unlu probably would have been swimming the two of those, but he just missed uh, just missed an invite. And then uh, they're also missing out on the 400 IM. Uh, they are do- doubling up on that 2 IM, though. So really, really rounded out slate of events, like we said, also missing the 400, uh, 400 free relay. But um that's a pretty good slate, and, and it just shows how fast the NC2As are this year. We saw a number of American records uh, fall for the women, as already noted. But in particular, uh, we also saw um, two athletes with times that would have been invited in 21. I believe that's Unlu and Barone, Kyle Barone, uh, miss out on, on getting invite level times in 22. So it should be, should be a really speedy meet, too, I would think. Oh, yeah. And, and it's just going to be very fun. I am excited to, to cover this from the uh, from the pool deck or, or from the press deck up at the top, because that is it's very it's a very good view of all of the action when the chair that you are given uh, or, or that the chair that is available to you is not, you know, two inches shorter than it should be. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will. I will say. One thing, um, one thing that uh, is my probably hottest take about this meet and, and the women's version of this meet is I think it is a better uh, and more entertaining product than the Olympics. Don't at me. Thanks. We had this conversation while we were walking out on a, on was it Thursday, and it's arguably the hottest take that you've ever issued. Because both of us love watching Olympic swimming, and it's it's, it's a take. It's stuffy. It's the uh, you get more swimmers at NC two A's too. I I think you still get the best swimmers from around the world. You know they all compete, uh, almost all compete in in American universities to to compete with the best of them. And I don't know. I'm a sucker for short course yards. What can I say? Maybe that's it. Absolute sucker. Honestly, uh, let's move on. No suckers to be had on the track on Griffin track this week. It was the yellow jacket invite text first of two home meets this spring. What you got for me in review from this one? 
Yeah, um, Tech took uh, all three podium places in the high jump. Uh, a couple more firsts as well. Uh, we do want to shout out, uh, I believe, oh gosh, uh, I know Olivia Moore was one of them uh, in the pole vault. I know off the top of my head, another was, oh, shame on me, um, Zach Yeager, uh, 1,500 meters run. Oh, and I think there was one more. I'm blanking super hard. We've been doing this for like an hour now. Um, I swear I did my reading. Uh, let's see. Otherwise, uh, pretty solid showing overall. One thing that drives me nuts about track results is unlike swimming, they don't tally the points consistently at the bottom of them. So I can't give you an overall score, uh, but I can say that uh, as much as it pains me to say, uh, the, the folks from Athens do have a quality team. They were in town, uh, so good competition there, along with Clemson and a slew of mid-majors. Uh, I think this might be one of the more interesting Yellow Jacket invite uh, lineups we've seen in the past. So definitely good to see them getting in the mix, uh, but they're splitting the squad next week. So don't expect any team titles uh, with half the team going to rally and half to Florida State. But, uh, but yeah, no, they're, they're starting to get in the thick of it where they're splitting two and three ways every weekend through May. Yeah, it, it's definitely yeah, – I, I think we noticed this this weekend. Every team is now in action basically every weekend. Uh, yep. And it's it's the thick of the spring sports season for everyone. Everyone's either at multiple events during the week or, or at the weekend or like playing two or three different opponents over the course of the week. It's ridiculous. It's very busy. <laughs> It's a hard, it's a lot to keep track of. And we've already <laughs> gone an hour here. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I'm interrupting this regularly scheduled program to uh, just slip in that uh, Chase Murray has announced his retirement uh, from baseball or his moving on to the next chapter, if you will. Uh, so congrats to him. He had a great career on the flats and uh, yeah, that's uh, now I feel old, but such is life. Welcome to the club. Let's talk about some action at Ken Byers Tennis Park. Tennis arena? Tennis complex. Tennis complex. complex. Those are words that I should know. Uh, women's tennis was out there this week. They, uh, I think they were out there this week. I don't remember if it was the men or them. They made, they alternated. They both, if I correctly. both of them were. They're both at home. Double. double I was prepared. I was totally prepared. The women's tennis team for Georgia Tech is currently 34th in the nation. They faced Wake Forest to start the weekend. That was a 5-2 victory and then took the reverse result versus number two NC State. Let's unpack these really quickly. What stood out to you about the Wake Forest result? Yeah, um, I think uh, it it started off still solid um, with with Tech – Cleaning up in the doubles point, they they did get upset roster and Bilchev, Ava roster, Kyla Bilchev um, on the middle court, but that's okay. You just got to win two out of three to get that doubles point. Uh, again, kind of a shame that uh, there's kind of that waiting on the doubles point uh, relative to everything else because Tech does have two really, really well-regarded doubles teams. Um, doubles teams there. Uh, Carol Lee set the table nicely on court one. Um, and, uh, yeah, a nice, uh, tidy two set upset and Gia Cohen, uh, and Kate Sherabura, uh, you know, making, making their, uh, making their matches quick on five and six meant that deck was four Oh really before anyone had a chance to blink and, and everything was decided. Um, the second match though, that was Sunday NC state. And this one hurts, uh, because 
I, I looked this up a couple years ago because we had just beaten NC State in like weird heartbreaking fashion for like the second time in a row, if I was re remembering right. And we had beaten NC State 34 times in a row in women's tennis. 34. That's awesome. I wish that would have gone forever. Um, but now they're number two in the country and they're really good. And that makes me sad um, because I would like to continue beating them uh, and destroying their hopes and dreams because that's fun too. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Bill Chevin and Mahak Shane uh, netted Tech's wins on the day. Tech lost the doubles point and, uh, you know, reversed that 2-5 that margin. Womp, womp. Let's talk about the men's team since they were also at home this weekend before we talk about what the future looks like for both programs in the next couple of weeks. The men's team is 51st in the nation. They, uh, they, were, they were pretty competitive with Virginia to open the weekend, that is a 3-4 loss where they won the doubles point uh, and then took out Virginia's arrival, Virginia Tech, 5-2 to end the weekend. Tell me a little bit more about this Virginia game. Was it as close as that final match result seems and makes it out to be? Nah, uh, I, I don't think so. Um, Tech did... Uh get things started right, uh, winning the doubles point. But I think Virginia then took four straight uh, singles courts, if I recall correctly. Um, they did notably reunite Andres Martin and Marcus McDaniel, uh, both of these matches. So uh, whatever had been up there with the doubles, uh, the shuffling has ceased there. Um, kind of nice to see, I guess. Um, yeah, um, Keshav Chopra did get a nice upset on court three, uh, but it wasn't quite enough uh, because uh, – Martin did fall on, on court one. So, um, you know, it, it, it would have been nice to be in the mix there. I think a, a win on one obviously puts them over the top four, three, uh, the other way, uh, they do need to pile up some wins here in conference play to get themselves in the tournament picture, but you know, that's, that's life. Uh, but, uh, fortunately they did, uh, get one right back against Virginia tech. And I think that's really, um, kind of what we had hoped for them or, or at least hoped to have gotten out of it. It did. It is tough to have lost uh, uh, those four, three decisions on the road to Notre Dame and Louisville um, right away to start the season. But, but tech has uh, intimately winnable matches against Clemson and Boston college following uh, these up uh, on Wednesday and Friday. So, you know, that would, that would put them over 500 on the year uh, and it would uh, get them right back in the mix for a, a solid middle seed in the conference uh, come, come tourney time. Yeah, and just to round out the women's schedule for this upcoming week, they are headed to Charleston. They'll play the College of Charleston and Charleston Southern, a nice little Charleston duet uh, to round out the week. Anything else from the tennis programs before we move on? Yeah, um, Wake was number 21. It'll be interesting to see uh, where where the women shake out this week. And, and the men, you know, they played Virginia well for really the second time this year, so... Uh, nothing to shake a stick at there. I think both of them are uh, really building profiles, hopefully to be invited uh, to go dancing at the end of the year. They just need to pile in some wins here. Speaking of dancing at the end of the year, Georgia Tech women's basketball was dancing in Palo Alto for the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament. Unfortunately, the lights went out on them. Kansas won 77 to 58. Uh, I think that's the score that I had on my, on my card here. Not how you would say ideal, huh? 
Yeah, um, I would also say that it was not ideal. But that being said, I don't want to do too much uh, talking out of the side of my mouth here. I didn't watch the game. I was at softball and that first game went three and a half, almost four hours, which is an eternity uh, for softball. Um, so did not get to watch the game tragically. Um, I don't want to dwell too much here either, because I think just the way the season shook out, uh, it's unfair one to, to act like it was some sort of like bummer because they went 21 and 11. You know, if, if you would have said that to, to Georgia tech fans two years ago or two years and change ago when Nell Fortner got hired, they would have been ecstatic. If that was the result in year three and a 16 in year two, obviously you kind of hope that you're building in the other direction. But but at the same time, this team, they put together a great year. They won 20 games. I, I get that in modern college basketball. When you play a lot more, it's not quite as, I guess, impressive. But, you know, they, they won 21 games. Um, they only lost 11. And I think if, if those 11 would have been – like I said, I think last week or the week before those losses. You said it like every week for the last yeah. four. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like it, it just, it's just a shame because we know that they really peaked a lot higher than this, but I mean, it, it, it's into the rebuild, right? You, you gotta, you gotta move on from here because there's no, there's no crying over spilled milk. It was a 19 point loss. That's not that it's, it's yeah, no, it, it's not that close. It, to the game. Sting. Like, it stings. But there's more positives than negatives to take away from the season, I think, it's is the summary. It's not how you want to see them go out. Yeah. Especially Lorella Kabai, who's, yeah. you know, on track to have a WNBA career and was a Naismith Defensive Player of the Year finalist. And all of those accolades that she was collecting throughout the last couple of years. Um, it's an inauspicious end to a really, really good career or a really really good season for her as part of a really really good and impactful career uh on mm-hmm. the flats yep and uh and that's that that's it's gonna be tough to see her or see the team without her i mean it at least she got two runs at the uh, ncaa i know she it probably would have been three uh if not for COVID. well i guess it would have been two but just moved up uh, a, a year but uh you know, in terms of impactful players that are just so intimately likable, successful, great players, great, uh, you know, great to hear them speak on the sport and, and the school and all that. Uh, Kubai goes down with, with I guess, Francesca Pan, another uh, Italian Georgia Tech uh, teammate of hers and, and a number of, of, uh, of athletes we've seen in recent years that really just have been a, a, a big reason behind uh, the enjoyment that that these sports bring, right, is it, to see young people grow and, and really accomplish a lot. So it's been uh, it's been good to see. It'll be it'll be weird to uh, get along without her, but you know, volleyball is going to have the same uh, that same big shoes to fill with with you know somebody like Mariana Brambia going on to do uh, their big things, or Trisha Awald when she uh, leaves softball, or. You know, I mean, the, the list goes on, right? The, the Jordan Usher, uh, Mike DeVoe in basketball, that's that's beauty of college sports, right? You get four, sometimes five, sometimes six, sometimes less years, and, and then that's it, right? So I, I don't think you can shake your head at, at, uh, at a team that peaked their highest ever in the poll this year and then uh, made the tournament and uh, beat UConn and uh, won on the road in Athens. That's 
that's a pretty darn good year. Like, I, I don't think we should complain too much about that. Yeah, I, I don't want to complain too much. Uh, and we can definitely unpack some of the uh, da- more down parts of the year over the offseason. Um, but I think what you said to start off that bit is is most salient, right? Like, this is one of the best seasons ever for this program. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in recent memory too, right? Like this, the women's program wasn't winning 20 games and making the tournament when I was a student. No. So, uh, it, it's fun to see these, it, it's fun to be in the, in, in the situation and, and they've set the table for, you know, a, a really strong program moving forward. And, and it's going to be interesting. Like you said, it's going to be interesting what to see how this program builds or reloads, heading into 23 or 22, 23. Um, and they are going to have to reload They're They're between Stratmana, who's been just, wow, what a revelation in terms of transfer. What a, what a great ad. Um, Kubai. No Bates. Yeah. No Kubai. I think Ladnan also graduated, uh, is moving on. Um, oh. Fletcher and- does come back if she has gotten her medical red shirt. So there is that. But it's going to be a lot of young talent on the floor led by an old field general. Yeah, Hermosa is going to be back too. I think, are Kiara Fletcher and I the same age? She's been around a hot minute. Maybe she's a year uh, younger. I think she's a year younger. Yeah, anyways. Um, no, it, it, it's old old experience in, in the form of Hermosa, Fletcher, um, you know, player players like that. But really, Kubai and, and Lottenin were – were uh were previous regime gets so gonna have to uh gonna have to fill the coffers and and I think I think uh Nell's shown that she can recruit pretty well already and, and particularly develop pretty well already but it's a matter of actually going out and doing that and, and you know going out into the wild blue yonder is a little scary so yeah absolutely I think that wraps up very nicely our conversation on women's basketball do you have any other notes to round out today's episode on women's basketball no but on food if anybody's ever in louisville the old granville pub or the granville pub or whatever fantastic go there you're welcome and uh if you should find yourself in clemson next week i will be wearing red and black and being much more loud so uh go cardinals yes much less reservation about uh georgia tech softball or louisville softball facing off against Valerie Cagle and, and Clemson softball and see. I want to see those ladies hang 11 on Cagle like they did on Dennis and Nelliman so bad. Oh, that'd be great. It'd be great for the conference. It's going to be a great year, fun year of softball. We have, we already had a great year of women's, vo- uh, women's volleyball. Uh, and I think uh, softball climbing and, and putting a stake uh, as one of the premier conferences for, for that too would just do wonders for, for the ACC and, and Georgia Tech can be along, the ride, along for the ride there too. Yeah, absolutely. Let's round out with some talk about the latest update to the March Madness bracket uh, with theme songs for sports. Where are we at? Where do we sit right now? Oh, gosh, I haven't done any math. The polls don't close till tomorrow. But uh, in terms of uh, in terms of interest, I've been very interested in seeing how uh, certain ones of these play out. You made me way overseed MLS theme. 
So uh, just don't be sad when that gets canceled. You got it. I'm telling you, and, and I don't. I don't think I actually told you this about the Champions League one. With the Champions League one and the MLS one, you did not put the marker to start the song where you should have put the marker. You I let, let the buildup sit the there. Yeah, that's didn't the put problem. the marker where you're supposed to start for NBA on TNT either. But that thing that pays off. NBA on TNT. Underrated. The Champions League one. The, Anyway, please continue. Um, I I realized that coming to your city doesn't intro a particular sporting like event. It intros a show. So that may have been something that needed to get replaced, maybe by one shining moment, maybe by something else. But uh, in terms of high seeds struggling, the NHL on ESPN is going to going to be real interesting. I don't think we got a lot of true hockey fans on this blog, um, but uh but other than that, it should be fun. Bugler's Dream Olympic fanfare is, is pretty tight as well. And if anyone else wants to mourn, uh, you know, baseball tonight existing as an entity, uh, they, you can feel free to DM me on Twitter because I used to watch baseball tonight literally every night. And it is it is a tragedy. That is not a thing anymore. Also, the theme was just there. MLB on ESPN theme is such a downgrade. From baseball tonight, it's not even. Isn't it the same thing? No, it's way worse. It's the same riff, but they like slowed it down and made it orchestral instead of like fun and upbeat. I'm a big fun and upbeat. Instead of techno, techno guitars and electric, electric, electric. Electric. Yeah, like they made it. No offense to baseball, they made it sound stogy and old, which honestly is probably a lot more like baseball. I mean, sometimes you got to market your product to match the product, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm going to run through the, uh, through the other one uh, real quick, too. Uh, March Madness theme is, is pantsing NASCAR as it should. Uh, NBA and NFL Network Chimes are real tight. Um, heavy action, that's, that's a good one. I think that one's underseated a little bit at eight. Um, and NHL on TSN. Canadians? Dude, putting up a better fight than I expected, but still not super close. SEC on CBS somehow is not unanimous. That one's absolutely incredible. Um, NHL on NBC is not getting its fair shake. Uh, it is getting pantsed by the bootleg masters theme. And uh, I don't know, the spiciest matchup of them all, uh, the ESPN pre-playoff era versus the college football playoff music uh, is slightly leaning towards the pre-playoff one, which is what should happen. I'm not biased at all. The Masters, I don't like the Masters theme. That's my take. I don't like it. It's the not really a the, like, slow, boring Augusta one. The slow, boring Augusta one, because it's slow and boring. That is that is very true. It is slow and boring. It's only supposed like, I, I understand that golf is slow and boring. Like, but the Masters are the no. old, the Masters are the only golf tournament that I watch in non in non Olympic years, yeah. and they just like you don't need to have music for it. I'm I'm telling you, they just need to use a normal CBS announcement music. Don't make it fancy. Don't make it. Don't do what you know what you said about baseball tonight with golf. People are really coming around on the F1 theme though, and I'm proud of that. Boo, boo. Hey, there's a new a one this today. year. Great race today. Great race today. Didn't Haas. watch a second of it. Haas is back. I didn't watch a second of it either, but Haas is back. Let's go. 
All I know is Leclerc one, I'm told. Leclerc? Leclerc? I'm going to call him Leclerc as a bit. Akshay the American right here. What? You should have studied abroad, man. Should have studied abroad. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, Anything else before we wrap up? Yeah, um, we went long today, but uh, if anybody else wants to hear more about softball, just uh, feel free to follow along at FTRS blog on Twitter. Uh, If anyone wants to hear about hockey from the rumbleseat.com, special shout out to lacrosse. I definitely uh, wrote twice as much as I usually do on lacrosse, specifically because uh, of shout outs like that. And we want to engage with you. So, uh, yeah, congrats to hockey. They're doing great. Uh, Congrats to lacrosse. Uh, should be a really fun rest of the spring with them. Uh, you can always email us at uh, from the rumble seat at gmail.com as well. We like to be consistent across our platforms. But other than that, uh, tell your friends, uh, let them know uh, that they can find us wherever fine podcasts are uh, sold. My dad Absolutely. asked me to buy access to our podcast this weekend, by the way. Buy access? Yeah. He's like, how do I purchase your podcast? And I'm like, does Mike, does Mike Grant State Farm want to sponsor us? No, he's like, no, like, listen to it. And I was like, oh, anywhere, literally anywhere. I mean, look, look, our emails are open and our DMs are, well, your DMs are open for, for sponsorship sauce. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not if beyond doing local, an ad. If you're a local Atlanta food place and you want me to shill for you, I'll do it for free. Just like ask me nicely. Like, don't no 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 free ads no free ads we've said this before okay yeah fine fine no free ads uh we will see you all next week